What is up, brothers and sisters? Welcome to the Mitch Grace Show. Thanks for joining in, whether you're listening to us via podcast or watching us live on Facebook. Uh, number one, as always, make sure to follow us on social media, M Gray Media, M-G-R-A-Y Media. That's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Follow us, follow us, follow us. Repost the stuff that we post. Help us spread the word on uh, the goodness that, that we're talking about. Uh, if you listen to podcasts, if you don't listen to podcasts and would like to start listening to podcasts, uh, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you uh, get your podcast. So yeah, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. So before we get into our topic today, um, I want to go back. We missed yesterday. Today's Tuesday, October the 3rd. The year's flying by. Uh, by the way, if your month hasn't started out the way you wished it would have, Use today as a restart. Uh, reevaluate your goals, your schedule, your time, whatever. Reevaluate. Use today as a restart or, or take the weekend this weekend to refresh yourself. And let's make today the most powerful day ever. So um, we missed yesterday, which was Monday. And I told you last week that we were doing Music Mondays. And so since we missed yesterday, we didn't get to do Music Monday. So I'm going to move Music Monday to Music Monday on Tuesday <laughs> for this week and give you my selection. And then remember, tomorrow we're doing Wisdom Wednesday. And so we'll have another book selection for you tomorrow. So for Music Monday, one of my favorite singers, one of my favorite artists, he has a great story. I advise that you go look at his story. It's amazing. You'll recognize a lot of the people in his story. And um, But his story is a real story of redemption. It's a real story of a fresh start. It's a real story of how we are the captains of our lives. We are the ones that can change our lives if we'll allow change to come about. And so the artist's name and the Music Monday selection on Tuesday is a guy by the name of Mike Ferris. Mike Ferris, F-A-R-R-I-S. And the album that I want you to go check out of his is called Shine for All the People. Uh, it's his newest album. It's kind of a blues gospel album. But Mike sings with so much soul and passion. It like exudes out of your earphones and your stereo, right? So sometimes you listen to these people that exude so much passion and soul that it just covers you. It's like taking a bath in soul music. Mike is that guy. So please go check out for our Music Monday selection that's on Tuesday. Uh, Mike Ferris, Shine for All the People. It's available everywhere. You will not regret it. It's in the blues gospel category, kind of. But it's just great music. He's a great writer, great singer. And go check out Mike's story. It will really inspire and encourage you. So Mike Ferris, Shine for All the People. Music Monday selection happening on Tuesday since we missed Monday. Okay. I want to get into the topic at hand. So the topic at hand today relates a little bit to some of the things that we've been seeing happen in the world, but it really relates across the spectrum of humanity and the history of humanity. Oftentimes when tragedy strikes, the first question that people ask, and it's a fair question, is why did this have to happen? Why did this have to happen? And the honest answer is most of the time there is no answer. There is no sensible answer most of the time. 
But that's what makes it such a struggle. We can't really explain or define why some people make the choices they make. We can't really define or explain why some tragedies take place, whether natural causes or other ways. Now, sometimes there is a leading explanation, but I have found in life that most of the time, we really don't understand. It's, it's a mystery. It's kind, of, um, it's kind of just this thing that a lot of people either dig too deep in and try and figure it out, or they just avoid And so what I want to visit about today is, in a sense, what do we do with ourselves and with each other when these tragedies strike? But even more, I want to talk about what do we do after the tragedy strikes and what do we do with the tragedy that is struck and what do we do going forward? I heard a saying on a news interview yesterday, and I found it very, very enlightening. And actually, it was a late night talk show. And he, you know, last night during the late night talk shows, most of them gave their thoughts on the tragedy in Las Vegas, Nevada. And by the way, our prayers of healing and peace are with those families and with those that are wounded and with those that are in helping the wounded. There is going to be years of scars, lifetimes of scars, and our heart breaks once again for that tragedy. But last night, one of the late night talk show hosts said something that I found very enlightening, and he said basically this. You know, it seems that in humanity, tragedy does strike, and things do happen. And it seems like that, that as humans, we do a great job when tragedy strikes of coming together and of not worrying about our differences. We all of a sudden realize that the priority in that moment in time is to help each other. And we do that most of the time when tragedy strikes. But this gentleman then said, but I wonder why things stop. Why do we do such a good job when tragedy strikes, but then as a week goes by, and two weeks go by, and three weeks go by, and a year goes by, we all of a sudden stop the behavior that made us so beautiful during the tragedy. And he left it, the the, the late night talk show host left it there. I want to take it further. And here's why I want to take it further. I believe with all of my being, with every ounce of my fiber, that humanity was meant to live in that beauty that we see when tragedy strikes. Not, I don't believe we're meant to live in tragedy. I believe we are meant to live in that beauty that we see, the reaction to the tragedy. I believe we are meant to live in that rhythm of life every single day. You know, the rhythm of life that says, I don't care who you are or what you've done or what your skin color is or what your social status is or your socioeconomic status is or your sexual orientation or your religion. I'm not worried about those. What I'm worried about is that right now, 
I want to care for you or help you or just be joyful with you or celebrate with you. You see humanity at its finest during two moments. After a football team wins the Super Bowl, (laughs) which is representative of when things go really well, humanity often rejoices together. Yet when things go really bad, you also see humanity at its finest most of the time. My proposal is that we can live in those two rhythms during the space between. Because the majority of life happens in the space between tragedy and exuberance. The majority of life happens in that in-between 90% of life, I would say, happens in that space. Most of us don't have to deal with extreme tragedy every day. Most of us don't deal with extreme exuberation and jubilee every day. Most of humanity lives the majority of their lives in the space between. So my proposal is that humanity can live in that oneness and in that servanthood and in that forgetting about what, what par, political party you are and forgetting about uh, uh, what skin color you are and forgetting about what sexual orientation you are and forgetting about what church you go to or don't go to. I believe that humanity can forget about those things and simply live together in love. So the idea that we see taking place in great celebration and in great tragedy, the question then becomes, how do we apply that daily? And it's not difficult, friends. I think what actually happens is we get too busy and we get caught up in the noise of life and we forget to be human. So today's topic is called, When Evil Ruled the World. The Day Evil Ruled the World. And I want that to be symbolic. I want that to be a symbolism of what happens when we see evil rule the moment. Most of the time, what happens is humanity reacts in a loving manner. Then the question becomes, what about the after? What about a week later and two weeks later? Are we going to continue to live in that passionate, caring, servant-type love? Not just the day evil rules the world, but every single day. So a few things about this. First of all, each one of us lives in our own little world, right? Each one of us has these experiences that in our little world, in our personal space in the universe, tragedy took place. There have, for all of us, been a day or two or three in our own little part of the universe that evil ruled the world. Maybe it's something that was done to you. Maybe it's something that took place in your life. You lost a loved one, or you battled a sickness, or you were, you were betrayed, or you lost a job. For all of us, there has been at least one day or two or three in our own little world in the uni- universe, excuse me, that evil ruled. 
But then all of us are a part of a larger world, right? We're all a part of this universe, humanity. We're all dealing with each other. And there are those moments in life when evil rules the world for us on a larger scale, like what we unfortunately witnessed in Las Vegas, Nevada, or Houston, Texas, or in Puerto Rico right now with the hurricane, the earthquake. There are all these things that affect us on a larger scale. So everyone has had a day or two or three when evil has ruled the world. Everyone has had a day or two or three when evil rules the larger world. So it happens, right? Life just happens. But let me tell you the beautiful thing in those moments when humanity is at its finest, and that is this. Compassion revolutionizes everything. If there's something that we can learn from the behavior of humanity, from the behavior of our brothers and sisters and ourselves during tragedy, it's this. Compassion revolutionizes everything. I can promise you this. When tragedy strikes, no one goes around with a questionnaire or a data form asking people what they think, believe, or feel in order to receive help, right? Like, when, when you're in the moment of those tragedies, no one's walking around worried if they agree with you on everything. No one is walking around worried if you voted for Trump or not. No one's walking around worried about anything. All they know is you need help and they want to help you. That is humanity at its finest. It's compassion revolutionizing everything. And brothers and sisters, my proposal is simply this. We can and we must live and walk with compassion every single day. It will change everything. It will revolutionize the universe. We talk a lot about being a part of the redemptive process on this show. If you want to be a part of the redemptive process, then we're calling you to be a compassionate person. So when it comes time to have those conversations with people in life, you know, the conversations that we need to have, that we know are disagreements and differences, my question is, are you going to use the same compassion during those conversations that you would use in tragedy? Are, are you going to visit with that person of the opposing perspective in a way that is filled with compassion and love and care like you would in a tragedy? Not worried about agreement or disagreement, but simply saying, I love you and I'm here to care for you and you're here to care for me and we, we have opposing perspectives and we're perfectly okay with that. Because here is the interesting thing about tragedy. Everyone, in a moment's notice, has the same goal. And that is, actually they have two goals. To survive and to help others survive. 
to survive and help others survive. You see it all the time. Whether it's in war, whether it's in tragedy, whether it's in natural causes, whether it's in pain, no matter what. In that moment, humanity always has two responses. Survive and help others survive. No one's worried about differences. Everyone has the same common purpose. Everyone's moving in the same direction. And brothers and sisters, that can be life every single day. Here's the problem. We all have what I call our sacred cows. We all have what I call our stakes in the ground. For many people, it has to do with religion. They believe in a God, and another group of people believe in something else or another God. Uh, Some people believe in one religious book, and other people believe in another religious book, and they both see their books as truth. And then you may have some people that don't believe in any of those things. And we set our stakes in the ground, and we hold to our sacred cows, and we don't want to let go of those. But when tragedy strikes, we mysteriously and magically and miraculously let go of our sacred cows. I am saying that that should be life every day. If you are someone that has these sacred cows, you have these opinions and beliefs that you are holding so desperately to, whether it's your political party or your religious viewpoint or your racial viewpoint or your sexual orientation viewpoint, whatever it is, if it has been held so tightly to that you are now standing in condemnation and judgment of your brother and sister, then that sacred cow has now become your downfall. If your sacred cow, your perspective, your opinion has become so important to you that you no longer live in compassion and love, then it has become your downfall. So let go of it. The crazy thing about a sacred cow is it could begin with the most beautiful of births. Maybe you found faith that led you to a more peaceful life. Maybe you found faith that led you to a healed life. Maybe you found something that you're passionate about that led you in the beginning to a more beautiful, productive life. That was good, but that was then. Somewhere along the line, oftentimes, that beautiful thing, because it's so beautiful, we hold on to it, and we won't let go of it. And so then everything becomes judgment and condemnation, because something was so beautiful to us, we now measure everyone else on that beauty. And that is unfair, and it is wrong. Always remember, brothers and sisters, your perspective is your perspective. It is no one else's perspective and never will be. Which leads me to my next thought. Love doesn't erase the pain. 
I believe in love greater than anything. I believe that love is an eternal presence that is all around us like oxygen. It's just simply up to us to breathe it in and to live in it. Love never leaves, not in tragedy and not in jubilation. Love is always present. We simply have to breathe it in. But love doesn't erase the pain. Love helps us walk through the pain. Because what love does is it attracts other people of love and allows us to walk together through whatever pain is present. But love is so beautiful because it doesn't erase the pain. Love isn't a mind washer. Love doesn't take the past away and erase it. Love helps us reconcile the past and redeem the past and be a better, healthier, uh, more vibrant person today so that we do our best to not repeat the mistakes of the past. That is what love does. And so that ties into when you're holding these sacred cows, these opinions, these perspectives, these perspectives, these things that were beautiful in the beginning, when you begin holding them too tight you start losing sight of love. Because again, brothers and sisters, love does not carry around a questionnaire and a data form asking you to agree and asking you to answer these questions and to qualify in certain categories. Love doesn't do any. In fact, in the real perspective and realm of things, those don't exist. We're all simply human, meant to walk in love. And lastly, lastly, brothers and sisters, may we always remember that we are all connected. You may not believe it, (laughs) and you may run from it, and there are those that are extremists, that say there's no way. There there are those in life that are my skin color and they continually say that we are the greatest, purest race. First of all, that's asinine. Second of all, it's false. Third of all, we're all connected. Whether you like it or not, that person sitting next to you or across the restaurant from you, or, or, or in the seat next to you on your plane, or beside you at the airport, or driving your Uber, that person is your brother or sister, period, regardless of your perception. There is nothing you can do to change it. Absolutely nothing. It is, period. We are all connected, meant to walk in love. My invitation for us today is that the behavior we see during tragedy and the behavior we see during jubilation, may we use those behaviors in the space between every day, not some days, not waiting on the next tragedy, but every single day. 
may we learn to function with love and compassion and joy and mercy and grace in the space between. Because we are all connected, regardless of what you think. We are all spiritual beings living in a spiritual place that oftentimes we can't explain, can't comprehend, don't understand, and that is perfectly okay. Let's live that way, brothers and sisters, in the space between. In the space between. Thank you so much for joining uh, the podcast, for listening or watching live. Again, remember to subscribe to us on social media. Follow us, I mean, uh, M. Gray Media. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. And share the word. Please spread the word. Help us to get this out, that we are talking about love and light and goodness and how to redeem things. And it's a beautiful, beautiful conversation to have. Remember the Music Monday that we're doing on Tuesday. It's Mike Ferris, Shine for All the People. Please go check it out. Check out his story. Great guy. Follow him on social media, and I will see you tomorrow. Have a great day, friends.